Hello friends, thank you for tuning in. Special episode this week, mental health. Oh, so excited. I have been struggling with mental health since age 14 and I'm going on 31 now. So we're looking at like 16, 17 years of life experience. And I'm going to try and pack this into maybe 20 minutes or so. We'll see how well I do with that. So first of all, mental health is emotional. This is the one that most people know about. This is the one that I always thought that it was only. So mental health being emotional, like that, that's kind of obvious, right? Um, you know, you've, you've got heavy days, you've got sad days, you've got suicidal days, you know, this, this stuff happens. It's all part of it. Um, you know, but there's, there's even more to it than that. You know, let's, let's look at the layers. Um, when I say complex trauma, what does that mean to you? I'll tell you what it means to me. This term was introduced to me by Diane Langberg, who is a Christian uh, psychologist. And her videos have really helped me to understand this concept in my childhood. And, you know, I've been putting together the puzzle pieces for a few years now, a few decades now. And listening to Diane has helped me put together a few chunks of puzzle pieces, which has been really wonderful. Her explanation of complex trauma is it involves this concept of the child marinating in a dysfunctional, traumatic environment. And there's two things that happen um, very importantly. Number one, there's no escape for that child. Um, if you were born into an unhealthy family, and, and all of us have various various qualities of health or lack thereof. There is no perfect family on this planet. So let's, counseling would be good for everybody. So let's just stop with that dis, blah, blah, blah. Let's stop that misinformation at the door. Everybody needs counseling and we all have different layers of health, but some of us are obviously more dysfunctional than others. So that's kind of the spectrum I'm talking about. But if you think you're super healthy and you have no problems, then you haven't been alive long enough to acknowledge that. So I'm going to let the Holy Spirit help communicate that with you. Now, complex trauma. Number one, there's no way of escape. Like when you're, when you're born into it, there's, you know, those are the people that we are depending on to take care of us. That's, that's how God made it. That's, that's the way it's supposed to work. And unfortunately, we have the modern day orphan problem, which is the foster care system. And I am so passionate about the church getting involved with this, getting involved with adoption. And there's more to adoption than just a family adopting a child. That is a community adopting that child. That is a community supporting the parent to adopt that child. And, you know, um, there are ministries like Four Kids who are revolutionizing the model for how the church assists the government and goes through protocol to do it properly and has balance. And I, I did not sign up to get on this tangent, but I'm here on this tangent. I'm going to own it. Four kids of South Florida 
has created a foster child model that they're getting phone calls from all over the country and all over the world. So if you want to know how to do adoption better and, and foster children better, go call four kids. They're used to getting the phone calls. So when we're talking about complex trauma, we're talking about children who not only do not have a way of escape without external intervention, <laughs> important clause there. Number two, what they grew up in is their definition of normal, quote unquote. And this is the thing about complex trauma that is absolutely so devastating. I thought shame and guilt were normal. I have so many problems. I thought being OCD as as a pubescent teenager was normal. It's not. It, it's actually not. And now that I've been on vitamins for 10 months, I know that. And I'm able to let go of the perfectionism. And I'm able to let go of meticulousness about things that don't really matter. Most of the time. Some of the times I still do that one thing real quick and you know, end up late for this other thing over here. But, you know, I'm a work in progress, as we all are. So I appreciate your understanding that. The second thing I want to talk about is that mental health is physical. You may have seen my video about this either on Facebook or YouTube, and there's a short one-minute-ish version on Instagram. The bullet point list, the sum up of that video is, I needed physical help. I needed nutritional supplements. Meds were not going to cut it for me. And there, there are people who also have these struggles and meds aren't cutting it for them. I have the blood work to prove it. I have the stool sample to prove it. I have the hair test to prove it, that I was physically not okay. I had a bad bacteria in my stomach. I had an overgrowth of yeast in my stomach. I was low on lithium, sodium, chromium. I was deficient in magnesium and zinc. I went from an eight-day menstrual cycle to a five-day menstrual cycle the next month after taking magnesium L3 and 8. Like, I was having hot flashes on any experience of strong emotion as a 28-year-old. That is not healthy. That is not healthy. And the day that I knew something was physically wrong was the day that I commented on my friend's tweet twice within two minutes with the same message because I had literally forgotten that I'd already written that and I was so filled with anxiety and paranoia and the month before I'd had serious ridiculous suicide because my body just wanted to shut down because I was so physically nutrient deprived and it's not that I wasn't eating healthy. My coworkers regularly commented, my goodness, you eat so healthy. How do you... I would just look at them kind of astounded because the only way I felt good was to eat healthy. And even when I ate healthy, I would still feel nauseous quite frequently because of that bad bacteria. Now, I have a history of anorexia, and let me tell you something. There's few things more discouraging than feeling nauseous after eating a healthy meal. I would like to remove the stigma 
for the people who like me, they are doing everything they can, but they need physical solutions for physical problems. And self-care and bubble baths and medication are not gonna cut it. We need blood work, people. We need vitamin D tests. You can get one from your doctor. You can go to Life Extension and pay 50 bucks to get a vitamin D test, or you can go to vitamindgrassrootshealth.com.org. I'm mixing that up there. I need to get my URLs straight. URLs. I can't even talk. Here we are. ADHD is par for the course with undermethylation. I am undermethylated. Technically, I think I have ADD, never officially diagnosed for that, but I definitely have undermethylation. So, spacey brain things, here we come. Back on topic, there are ways to get vitamin D tests, and there are ways to supplement it and do all that stuff. And by the way, vitamin K is really awesome, and it helps remove calcium from your soft tissue, like your arteries, back into your bones. Can we say osteoporosis prevention, anyone? Okay, soapbox, off that physical solutions to physical problems. This is so, so important. Please, 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 for the love of all that is good on this earth, do not shame or judge people who need physical help. You don't know what they're dealing with. They might have irritable bowel syndrome. They might have Crohn's disease. They might have fibromyalgia. They might have chronic disease chronic and um, chronic low energy. They might have Lyme disease. Fun fact, Lyme disease is growing and spreading and the girls I know who have it wouldn't wish it on their worst enemy. So not only do you need to get Lyme tested if you think you had a Lyme and many people don't even remember having a bite. So let's get, let's dispel that while we're on the topic. Um, there are Lyme diseases, there are Lyme tests that work and there are Lyme tests that don't work and you need to go get a Lyme test that actually works. And the sooner you catch it, the, the, the better it is because it is a bacterial infection that spreads and if it gets in your joints and it gets in the third phase, you may be living with joint pain for the rest of your life. But if you catch it in stage two or three, you can probably go back to possibly living more of a normal life. So. I'm on the bandwagon that we need to do Lyme testing like uh, every couple of years or every five years or something, especially if you live in the South where it's like, check yourself for ticks. And if you do get bit by a tick, freeze it so you can test your ticks. Okay, soapbox. Oh, and while we're on the soapbox, there is autoimmune, autoimmune disease. There is POTS. You know, I, if my thyroid had gotten any lower, I might have had thyroid antibodies. You don't know. So before you tell people that they just need to be on a medication and it'll help them feel better, or they just need to go take a bubble bath or take a day off or take a week off, yes, we need physical rest, but also if I've got, fun fact, 90% of the autistic individuals who are treated by the Walsh Institute have malabsorption issues. 90%. That means that they might be eating healthy, but they're not getting the nutrients they need. I had a DNA test done, and it's pretty obvious that, you know, the enzymes and the cofactors that I need to happen are not happening. They're not happening. And it's on a very structural level. This is, this is high tech chemistry nerd 
and, and I pay people to help me figure this out, hundreds of dollars without insurance because it is that important. And yes, we spend $300 on vitamins on a three-month recurring basis, but it's the best money my husband and I have ever spent because he actually have his, has his wife back. Like there is, there is no comparison for me on vitamins versus me off vitamins. Now, um, for complicated reasons, I'm currently off my vitamins. And um, yeah, the anxiety is back. The paranoia is back. The obsessiveness is so totally back. I've had moments of irrational anger. Ugh, not cool. Not excited about this at all. However, this brings me over to my third topic. Mental health is spiritual. I'm going to explain this and then I'm going to jump back to me being off my vitamins and being a little you know, feeling it all over again. So mental health is spiritual. What do I mean by that? (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, if we are living outside of how our creator instructed us to live, there will be consequences for that. There will be natural principles of the universe, ingrained consequences. So, yes, I grew up in complex trauma. Yes, I have a genetic predisposition that could lead me to bipolar. I'm not bipolar, but undermethylation is a genetic predisposition for bipolar. Yes, I have all of those things, however, I serve an awesome God and he tells me that in Psalm 23 that he is my shepherd and he will cause me to rest. He will guide me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He will lead me through the valley of the shadow of death and I will have nothing to be afraid of. because he is with me. His rod and his staff protect and defend me. He anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. Important tidbit, on a very practical level, the shepherd anointed the sheep with oil to protect the mind of the sheep from parasites. Those parasites would lay eggs, the larva would hatch, excuse me while I get really gross here, but I already told you about my menstrual cycle, so I'm just gonna keep going. Those larvae would get inside the sheep's brain and eat the sheep's brain until it would beat its head against a rock. God knows, he knows. He knows that all of creation is broken. He knows that we are frail human beings and some of us need more meat and some of us need more veggies. Some of us need more fish. Some of us need chicken. Some of us need beef. Some of us need vitamin compounds with niacinamide and B12. 
He anoints my mind with oil. That verse, I, I knew what it meant um, because I read a book on it. Um, whose name escapes me at the moment. I read the book on it when I was a young teenager and um, I memorized that passage when I was 14 and then um, when I was really struggling in, at, at age 29, um, 2016, um, God brought this psalm back to me and he... he, he he revealed to me a deeper layer of his meaning and his protection for my mind and my mental health in that moment was so powerful. But it keeps going. But wait, there's more. It gets better. Get a load of this. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. You know, he is providing for me. This, is the, this, this last verse is the part that I, I cling to. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's break this verse down for a second. This verse applies to those who are following in all the verses leading up to it. This verse applies to believers who trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they are depending on his blood sacrifice to atone for our sins so that we can have a relationship with God and then enter into his eternal rest and presence. I live for that day. I live for that day. My soul groans and cries out for it with every fiber of my being. And my life is relatively awesome right now. Right now, Don't get me wrong. My life is phenomenal. 18-year-old me is losing her freaking mind realizing that this is my life and I am so blessed. I am so, so blessed. I have a husband who is kind. I have a happy marriage. I have a church family who loves me. I have friends who support me. I am dancing again. I, I just, mm. there's so much dancing in this, in, in this pipeline. Like, don't even get me started. That is not what this podcast is about, but it is, God is good. I never thought I would dance again. My physical energy was so low. I, that, that dream died more than once. And 2016 was like the third or fourth time that dream died and God has resurrected it again, even stronger to the point mm, that, yeah, that, that's another podcast. Surely his goodness and mercy will follow me, the believer, all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy. Goodness as a reward for my obedience and mercy and grace for my failure. Do you know I did not I've been a Christian since I was five years old, but the concept of receiving God's grace was not something I understood until I was 29 years old. Fall of 2016. 
there was a moment where I was obsessing over whether Ben liked me or not. And it was in the, the early throes of our relationship. Um, again, fall of 2016. And... There was one night where I, I had an anxiety vomit. Oh, that's fun when you when you feel so nauseous, you literally vomit from anxiety. Oh, and did I mention I have hypoglycemia? Yeah, I'm a I'm a complicated hot mess. But I'm an adopted daughter of the Most High God, and He is redeeming me day by day. So, I anxiety vomited. It's like two in the morning. I am trying to calm my system. I listened to the first episode of unmasking an anxiety with my friend Honor Weber, and um, I need to watch the rest of that, but I watched the first one, and there was this concept of I am responsible for my thoughts. I am responsible for my thoughts. So I laid in bed, and I landed on Psalm 23, and then I clung to this verse, your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It gets better. Not only is there goodness and mercy, but once I get through this life, I get to spend the rest of it glorifying my king with no sin nature to get in the way. Hallelujah. Take me, Jesus. But staying here is more needful for you. Philippians 1. Um, <laughs> also, like, I-, I love my husband, and I, you know, want to do that husband, family, community thing. I- I've got reason to stay. So, if I am living in faith, that Jesus Christ is enough to redeem and heal and give grace for all of my struggles, then it doesn't matter what I go through in this life. It doesn't matter that I grew up in complex trauma and my first memory was a panic attack from being chased up the stairs and then hyperventilating in my bedroom as a five-year-old and not realizing that that was a panic attack until age 25, 26. I I, I wrote about it on my blog. I'll have to look that up because that's kind of the date stamp of when I realized it. And that blog's off the internet, so yeah. Um, And then having to learn to control my breathing and then having this extra tension around my neck and then having to allow God to heal me from that physical tension at, again, in my mid-twenties? We're talking two decades worth of faith. It doesn't matter that I went through that, and it doesn't matter that I've been genetically predispositioned to depression. It doesn't matter that I've thought about suicide off and on since I was 14, or even that I've known about it since I was a little girl because of my grandparents' suicide. It doesn't matter that I would feel sad for no reason that I could think of and that that would inspire me to start thinking about my childhood and trying to analyze, you know, what, what, what's going on here and, and why do I feel this heartache and, you know, what were my parents supposed to give me that they weren't able to even though they tried, even though they are believers and they love the Lord Jesus, you know, but they're also broken people who are learning and trying to overcome brokenness and 
if they could go back 20 years, they absolutely would do things differently. But we're here now and we have to work with the here and the now. And they're my brothers and sisters in Christ and I have forgiven them. My trust level for them depends on their character in the here and now, but I have forgiven them. It doesn't matter that I depended on on masculine love from my fellow brothers in Christ and a good hug from a man could last me years, years. I, I can, and, and on average, I would get one really good hug from a Christian brother, one. I, I, can, I can think of their names off the top of my head. I can number my fingers. God blessed me through those men. And, and it wasn't a thing that happened regularly because physical affection is a complicated thing in the body of Christ because you don't want to, you, you don't want to engage or even tempt sin. But at the same time, one of my greatest prayers for my relationship with my husband is that he and I as a unit could show love and even physical affection. My husband doesn't like hugs, but this is a prayer and I'm telling him on the podcast. I should tell him before the podcast. Yeah, that would be good. Um, one of my prayers is that my husband and I can show love to people who haven't received it, that we could be part of their patchwork parenthood. And I, I, can, I can think through the women who have loved me as a mother in Christ, as an older sister in the, in the Lord. You know, God is big enough. God is big enough. And, and if you're listening to this, I'm going to tell you something that my friend Bethany, bless her heart, I, I adore this girl, and God is going to do amazing things through her, so I'm, I'm going to use her name. I'm going to tell her what she told me. Your parents are not big enough to ruin your life. They're not. So if you're listening to this and you feel like they messed you up so bad that nothing can come of your life, I would like to break that lie right now in the name of the all-powerful, mighty Jesus Christ who is sovereign, who allows the brokenness in this world so that we have the opportunity to show him that we love him so that we have the choice to love him regardless of our circumstances and have and prove that to him by having the faith that he is bigger than everything we went through. He is. I remember laying in bed, 17, 18 years old. My life was an excruciating mess. I was anorexic. I weighed 111 pounds. I had a car accident April 15th. At a week after I got my license, it was a hit and run car accident. And I had another car accident at the same intersection, October 15th. That was my fault because I was low on blue glucose and I was not paying attention to the road. <sighs> and God is redeeming all of that. I laid in bed at night as an 18 year old thinking, God, you have to redeem this. You have to. You cannot be allowing this much pain in my life for no reason at all and not redeem it. I'm counting on you, Jesus. I fell asleep praying those prayers and I am finally seeing the results. I'm finally seeing 13 years later. I am finally seeing 
his full and complete total redemption. Total, total redemption. Let me tell you, Psalm 27, I have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. And when I wanted to die in 2016, that was the verse I held on to. And if I had gone off and done something to end my life early, I would have missed this. I was so close and now I'm finally here. And don't get me wrong, life is still not easy. Life is still not perfect. I will always have hangnails in my life to remind me that I am broken, that this life is not perfect, that I am inadequate and I desperately need Jesus. I was journaling in my journal tonight, God, I feel this way about this person. Please help me. I am a horrible person. I need to stop saying that generalization because I have a horrible sin nature. Please help me with my horrible sin nature. Please help me to love my enemies. Please help me to pray for them as I ought to, etc. so forth. If I am walking in faith and I am submitting my life to Jesus Christ, He will provide the truth that heals my complex trauma and allows me to deal with the emotional byproducts of my physical existence. So now, being off my vitamins for mm, slightly over a week, after 10 months on my vitamins, glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, I am recognizing all the same signs and feelings of anxiety, obsessiveness, paranoia, and, and uh, anger, you know, just, just sudden trigger reaction anger. And you know what? I am finally dependent enough on God's strength that I am able to recognize those quote-unquote demons, um, I'm able to recognize those impulses for what they are. Those are chemical impulses. And I immediately take those thoughts captive and say, no, I do not receive this thought. I do not receive this thought. (laughs) Man, if 18-year-old me could see my thought life now, ooh, Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. I thought, I thought visiting the mall was like a, oh, I want that. I want that. I want that. Mm. 18 year old me walking through my brain right now is like, oh baby, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. Mm. That still needs an upgrade, but I like where this is going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So mental health is emotional. Absolutely. And if you've got situational circumstances that are going on, please go get yourself help. Please. We all need counseling. I have been multiple times, and I have multiple friends who qualify double as counselors. Counseling is very important, especially for when you feel a strong emotion about something, but you don't know why. You need people to help you figure it out. That is why counseling is a profession. That's why Bethany is working to become a counselor. I'm, oh, I'm so proud of that girl. 
I'm going to send her this. I'm going to send this podcast to her and she's going to love it. That's my girl. Speaking of which, that reminds me. A great deal of my self-worth and confidence comes from knowing that I am God's daughter. I am his adopted, chosen daughter. Scripture tells me that I am grafted in to his family. Grafted means that I wasn't part of the original tree, but that a slit was made and my little stick was put in and my stick has rooted with the original tree. He, he tells me that in, in John 1 or maybe John 2 that, you know, whoever received him and were called by his name, they were given the right and the privilege to be called the children of God. We are not all the children of God. We are all the creation of God. We are all made in his image. And we are to treat our fellow humans with the respect that comes from being an image bearer of God. However, there are people on this planet who hate him and they call themselves Satanists or something else and they want nothing to do with him and the book of Jude talks about these people and says you know they have chosen their way and they are vessels of destruction so we are not all the children of God we are all the creation of God we are all made in the image of God and we as humans have that distinct privilege of being able to choose whether we obey him or not, that's the only difference that we have versus dirt. You realize that we have the same molecular structure as dirt? Let's go back to Genesis. God picked up a handful of dirt, breathed into it, and formed us. Not only do we have the same molecular structure as dirt, but in Ezekiel 37, he says that I will put my breath spirit The Hebrew word is ruha, R-U-A-H. I will put my breath spirit into you and you will live. He says that three times. Anytime scripture says something three times, you know, go back to your parent telling you something. Dude, clean your room. Dude, I told you nicely, clean your room. Dude, if you don't clean your room, there will be consequences. And that was a negative example. I apologize for that. Um, But anytime a parent told you something three times, it was kind of important. Uh, How about don't touch the stove? No, seriously, don't touch the stove. It's hot. (sighs) Anytime scripture tells us something three times, that means it's really important and we need to pay attention. Three times. God said to Ezekiel, I will put my breath spirit in them and they will live. Do you know what happens when a body is oxygenated properly? Go look up the Wim Hof method. Don't get, into the, don't get into the chanting or anything. Just do the breathing exercises. 15 calm breaths in, and then 30 intense pulsating breaths. Lay yourself down and don't do anything. You know, don't go swimming for half an hour. Seriously, because if you would adjust your blood flow, you know, you, you, you could pass out. So lay on the ground and be chill for like an hour or two. Um, but do that and tell me you do not feel more energy. Now let's go back to Genesis 1. Not Genesis 1. Genesis um, chapter 3. Bible roulette. God picked up dirt and breathed into it and created life. And he gave us the privilege to choose to love him or to choose to hate him. 
and here we are. Jesus is enough. His blood sacrifice on the cross for my sin is enough. And when I have my worst days, that is what I cling to. That is the only thing I have ever been able to cling to. None of this, you are special. None of this fancy font with a cute background on the Instagram post is working for me. None, none of that helps my self-esteem. Really, it doesn't. These cute verses that are like, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. Yes, that's Jeremiah 29, 11. And if you read the whole chapter, it says, I am not going to send you into Babylon for a gazillion years, only 70. Don't worry, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. But you need to take your spanking first. That's the context for that verse. We need to read verses in context. One of the teachers that Ben likes to listen to, I believe it is Stand to Reason or Greg Kokel. I, uh, ben will tell me when he listens to this podcast. One of the favorite sayings of this gentleman is, never read a verse. And by that he means, never read a single verse. Always read it in the context of the chapter. Now, when you read a verse in the context of the chapter, in the context of the book, and you have a greater understanding of the entire theme of the Bible, and you have a greater understanding of the character and the trustworthiness of our Most High God because you have trusted Him and you have walked through the fire and you have, you have trusted Him to meet your needs that He gave you in His timing and in His way in the right place and he, he has proven himself to you, then you won't read scripture out of context. When you trust God's character, when you understand the overarching story that all of the Bible is explaining, you need to choose to love God. You need to obey the Ten Commandments, these instructions that he gave us for how to live because otherwise we will hurt ourselves. You know, and that last one on there, do not covet. If we covet, one person coveting can destroy a friendship. So if you think that the way you think in your mind about your friends is not important, let's talk about don't covet. Because that, 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 that commandment is awkward. I'm, I'm, I'm pointing at myself right here. I'm pointing at myself with all, with both index fingers. This girl with the two thumbs pointing at herself, coveting. Oh boy, Jesus help. Amen. Jesus is enough. Jesus' help is enough. I listened to a beautiful sermon by John Piper recently where he talked about... Um, he talked about the verse in Romans where the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I have absolutely loved this verse for a very long time. And I have also loved the, the uh, corresponding thematic verse in Ezekiel. It's in the first segment of the book, I don't remember where, where he, where he says, you know, go throughout the city he tells, the Lord tells an angel to go throughout the city and mark the foreheads of those who are righteous and groan because of the iniquity. 
We live in a time and an era where we more, know more about what is wrong with the world than ever before. And there is wrong things happening all over the place that, that we are incapable to solve. We are finite humans and there are, there are so many things. There are so many things. All of creation groans and those who are righteous groan with it. Begging and longing for the day when Jesus will come in his glory and we will get our new and redeemed bodies with healthy DNA and there will be no more mosquitoes or ticks or thistles or Lyme disease. There, there will be no more um, mold. Uh, mold toxicity? Don't get me started. Mold is a four-letter word. He's going to come back and he's going to make everything right. My name is Meg. I love my Jesus. And I believe in living inside out. Go live it.